Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, Episode 70, Need a Better Title Here, recorded October 24th, 2011. Couldn't come up with a title for this one, so I just thought I would just leave it there. Need a better title here. That's good. forever the title of the show. <laughs> that how's that yeah, for I, intellectual honesty, people? It was that was tough. It was tough for me not to laugh while you were announcing that. That was uh, that was good. Uh, so well, come on, you know we're we're allowed to have an off day, right? This week we're going to talk about uh, dealing with vendors and salesmen, and you know it's it's things that uh, people in the management position. Uh, at schools have to deal with teachers. I, I honestly don't know if they do or not. I think generally they have the luxury of saying, I don't have any power, so nobody messes with them. But if you're a decision maker, this is one of the things you have to deal with. And if you work support, and like we were talking about last week, and you have to be on hold with somebody uh, dealing with support, then this is d- definitely an issue. And we've got some tips, some ideas, and mainly just some whining uh, <laughs> that we sure. thought we would yeah. do. But just some things that I've learned over the years. Uh, but before we go any, uh, any farther, uh, a bit of a, I don't want to say retraction, because we were going off of the information available, but uh, uh, Google, uh, in regards to the Google Pearson uh, LMS, uh, basically put up a, a news release that says, not so fast, Pearson. You're saying this is a Google Pearson co-op thing, but uh, we don't agree with that. You're just one of the apps in the market. And we helped you just like we help everybody else who has apps in the market. This is not a Google-branded LMS, and stop saying it is. And so I'll put a link to the uh, Houston Chronicle there where they talk about that. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty interesting. I mean, anybody who's familiar with Pearson is probably not surprised by that. But, uh, you know, Pearson did kind of come back and sort of backtrack themselves as well. Um, so... Uh, it was kind of like they got their hand caught in a cookie jar a little bit. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. The, in the article, if, the the notes will be in the uh, the link will be in the show notes. If you go read it, uh, Pearson is still sticking to the story. They're still saying that uh, we've been working with Google engineers, and Google said yes, and we work with everybody who has an app in our marketplace. And, and I did get to because we said last week that it was forthcoming. Well, it turned out forthcoming was the next day. So right. it was released on Tuesday. We recorded on Monday. And so I got to look at it, and to say it's integrated with Google Apps is a very loose interpretation. There is a <laughs> link in the Google Apps dashboard you can open it with, and you can enter pre-existing Google Apps people, but you have to do them one at a time. There's no import feature. So like, if you want to add your staff and your students, you have to go in one by one, and type their Google Apps email addresses and give them a role. Uh, so integration is a very, um, shall we say, liberal use of the word for what uh, what uh, open, oh God, what's the name of I've blanked on what the name of it is. Oh, what the name of the, uh, the uh, Pearson deal is? Yeah, see, it was so bad I, I didn't even bother to remember what it was called. Right, uh, right. I, I played around with it a little bit. Uh, but just a little bit, uh, because frankly, I wasn't willing to go through all that effort. Like, for example, we have a Moodle, and our Moodle hooks up to Google Apps with a plug-in and just pulls everybody down. Uh, it'll also hook up to Active Directory. Anywhere you've got people, you can even do a bulk import from a you know a CSV file. But uh, as far as I can see in this this uh, Pearson uh, product, that's open just class. not the case. Open class. There we go. I'm not sure what's so open about it. 
frankly. Yeah. Well, and you know, what kills me is it's not like there were, you know, 10 companies rushing to get this out. I don't you know why it, it falls totally in line with what Pearson does. Right. I mean, let's just put something half baked out there and you know, everybody's supposed to love it. But, you know, what there was no rush, just like you said, with the, those are some basic functionalities that are already built into the Google Doc platform. So, you know, they could have just uh, taken a little bit more time and probably done it right, but that would not be the Pearson way at all. <laughs> that's, that's a good way of putting it. That is not the Pearson way. Every company right. has an ethic, and doing things right is not Pearson's. Right, exactly. Uh, we yeah, were, they're like, oh man, we got we got all kinds of time. We can develop this thing for two years. Nobody else is on our heels. Let's uh, let's put this thing out tomorrow. You were uh, you were working on getting them as a show sponsor, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> if they can come up with enough dollars, sure, why not? Yeah, we spend we spend. Seems like every time we mention them, it's it's with a curse. But uh, yeah, uh, so I don't think we'll be expecting any advertising dollars from them. <laughs> all right, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Just sort of a a retraction, but it's not a retraction on our part. It's a retraction. It's a forced retraction on Pearson's part. Google came out and said, "Uh, no, no, we're not partners." I just want to jump in here and talk about my dedication to our listeners because I live not 30 minutes from uh, the ballpark in Arlington where World Series Game 5 is being played as we speak, as we record. A tied series, 2-2. Two 2-2, to two. Two to two, and when, we, when I started getting set up to do this, uh, it, we were behind 2-1 to one to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, and my phone is blowing up with texts saying, woohoo, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, that's how we play and all this kind of stuff. So the Rangers must be doing great and I'm missing it. So, uh, yeah, my Twitter and Facebook stream are always going. I'm not a big baseball fan, but I can always tell when the Rangers are in, uh, are playing because it goes crazy and, and it's been, uh, tenfold during this, uh, the, the playoffs. But I, I have been watching the World Series because that's a big deal, right? That's the local team in the World Series. Even a non baseball fan, I'm going to watch that. Well, yeah, and these guys have never won it before, so, you know, you kind of, you're pulling for them, you know. I mean, they're playing a team who has like eight World Series titles or something crazy like that, and uh, here's the Rangers, you know, this is only the second time they've ever been there, and uh, so, yeah, love to watch those guys win, but, uh, yeah, something good must be going on because, yeah, I'm getting all kinds of texts, so. Yeah, and baseball is exciting to watch at the ballpark because it's the home run central. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I don't know quite what makes that happen. Uh, it's not like it's the shortest fences in baseball or anything, but, boy, they, they hit a lot of home runs out of there. So, All right, I, I just uh, one last thing before we really get into the, the meat of the show is uh, now I've got a couple of weeks' uh, experience with all of these smart products, and uh, we have a lot of them. So we have the uh, the smart boards you know, and then we have some of the smart tables as well. And I spend an inordinate amount of time working on these things. I mean, I'm going to be like a certified smart technician here. <laughs> Not too much longer. <laughs> well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know, if they keep selling them, then I, I would certainly always have work to do. <laughs> 
so anyway, yeah, um, I, I spend a lot of time working on these and we just had, uh, we have a vendor that we, you know, it's funny how these, these devices, you can't buy them straight from the company. And we've seen that before, but, uh, so I have, you know, the company who actually sells the stuff to us, they are the ones with the service contract as well. And, uh, they were just in, uh, today, uh, and they were actually in Friday as well, uh, replacing er the top of every one of these smart tables because they used the wrong glue in the manufacturing process and it was separating. Well, that happens. Manufacturing issues happen. Oh, sure. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's across the board. I mean, these, these smart boards that are, are not very old at all are going down uh, left and right. As a matter of fact, I just today received three parts for three different smart boards um, that I get to go and, and install and fix. And uh, One thing that's kind of surprising to me is as I'm getting to actually work on these devices is uh, really how simple they are. There's really not a whole lot to them. I know the board itself is kind of the technology, but uh, it has one little PC controller board and uh, a pen tray, and that's really the nuts and bolts of it. So, you know, it's just it, when you get to ch when you get a chance to take these things apart and actually do some work on them, uh, you realize uh, basically just how they're cutting costs, you know, and, and working with uh, cheap materials. And uh, you, you just when you see it, you're like, OK, this thing has like thirty dollars worth of parts in it. And, you know, they're selling it for fifteen hundred dollars. And it just seems like there's a lot of room for improvement there. So, well, yeah. you know, by that mark, the iPhone, I think if you break it down, costs like $112 in parts and you buy, you pay 500 for it. So that's. Yeah. But, difficult. you know, they've got masterful engineering there. I mean, and it's evident, right? I mean, everybody can tell that. Yeah. Uh, but so, this is less than masterful engineering. Let's just say that. So we can cross smart off the list of potential sponsors for the show as well. Can we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just go ahead and burn every bridge we can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to get on with the actual subject matter of the show, uh, we just had some things. I don't know if, if anything there is going to be revolutionary, but maybe if somebody is uh, new in the um, in the field of dealing with these people, or maybe if you are a salesperson or a tech support, this will give you maybe some idea of, of how the world works from the other end. Uh, but this first note that Sean put in there, Pre-sale marketing, I love the way you, you do that. Uh, I, I have never been a big proponent of this, but I know I've heard Sean work the phones a few times before, and that is make <laughs> yeah. them audition, give you something for free. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in this because, uh, you know, it kind of gets back to like what our, our grandfathers believed in, right? It's like if you believe in your product, then, you know, you'll be willing to uh, let people try it out, you know, or, uh, you know, companies had great warranties, right? Like if it broke at all, you could bring it back, you know, it's like a craftsman wrench, you know, it doesn't matter if you've had the thing for 30 years and you're 80 years old now and the thing breaks, you can take it back and get another one. And, uh, so I tend to think that way, you know, if you're selling me something and you're talking about how great your product is, okay, uh, let me have it for a while. Let me kick the tires and, you know, give it to me for free for, for a while, you know, or give me, 
uh, I'm always looking to get something for free out of them. Uh, you know, I know that they have that built into their marketing budget. You know, they can give a product to you free for so much, so much time or, um, or if they are going to get you to, to buy it, well, you know, give me 50 seats for the price of 25. Yeah, you got to be <laughs> careful with that. Uh, loaners are not such a big deal, but if you're asking for some somebody to give you something, particularly if it's something that you can personally benefit from, there are some some real sticky laws about that. In fact, I, oh yeah, I yeah, know, definitely. I'm I'm not talking about you know give me a, a, a you know a hundred dollar pen set or anything crazy like that. I'm just talking about you know, as it pertains to the product. But I mean, Mark, go ahead because you do make a very good point. And I think if you haven't, you know, swam in these waters before, you, you need to know this. That. Yeah. Right. I know of a multi-million dollar contract right now. It's uh, uh, on the order of hundreds of millions of dollars that is currently being denied funded by the funding by the federal government because a an, an involved party bought another involved party a $20 launch. Right. And that's a, that's a kickback that's not allowed. Yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it has to go to, to you know, that extent uh, because I don't necessarily, I, I didn't in the past, you know, back when I first started dealing with vendors, uh, those types of things were kind of expected. It was just a normal course of doing business. Um, and at that level, it's like, eh, you know, that's okay. Uh, but. I do see where when you start making rules about that, you can't really have those gray areas. It's got to be all or nothing. And it's unfortunate that it has to be that way, but, you know, it probably does. Yeah. Um, and the next thing I wanted to talk about is when you're, when you're talking with somebody, even before, or, uh, before the sale or after the sale support, make sure you're talking to the right person. Uh, what, what sort of got this whole thing started? Right now, our uh, cafeteria uh, point-of-sale system, the POS, I, I use the other three letters for to describe that system usually uh, <laughs> <Right>. but, but <laughs> it is pos yes but. <laughs> the official the point of sale system uh it's having some issues and and it's one of those things where the there's the tech people and there's the admin people and neither of them understands what the other one is talking about there's a, a couple of reports in particular that aren't right so our person in charge of that called tech support and said these reports aren't right. So their tech got in, went in there and just manually changed the data on the reports to make them right. Well, that didn't fix the problem. That just fixed that report. And the issue is that the tech doesn't understand the admin, and so it's, it doesn't do any good to talk to them. And 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 the admin can't, uh, you know, a tech person, me, I can't talk to their, you know, uh, salespeople because i don't understand what they're talking about it's 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 a whole it, you got to make sure you got the right people talking to the right people and, and yeah and go ahead well what's even worse is uh so often you uh, a lot of times you get that salesperson and they're your point of contact from you know a to z and so that was that worked out great when you were looking at the product and you know you're a potential buyer and everything but now that you actually are using it you uh, sometimes you end up still dealing with a marketing person and they don't know anything about the nuts and bolts of, you know, of the, the product. And so all they end up doing is passing you on to somebody else who they think can take care of your problem. And then that person isn't the right person. And so you get shuffled around. So uh, that's usually the best. A good marketing person is going to give you a technical contact. They're going to kind of do a handoff. Uh, but that rarely happens. Right. And then after the sale, uh, say you've got a problem, don't 
don't talk to the first guy that answers the phone. That guy is a script reader and doesn't know anything by definition. Right, his job is to handle the the very simple calls, and and you're attacked. Yeah, right? did you? Re- yeah, the the reboot, and did you? Are you sure it's turned on, guy? But right, but you're attacked, right? You're a professional. You've already done this stuff, so don't even bother to talk to him. And what I typically do is I write down, all right, here's everything I've done. I've done this, 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 and this, and this. So scratch those off your your checklist right now, and then let me talk to the next level up. And don't be afraid to ask for a second level or a third level. I mean, they, they their job is to escalate. And, and I've worked with people. I haven't actually worked in the environment, but I've worked with people who, who are in the call center environment. And, and they're happy to hand a call off because they're judged on time. So if they can quickly assess the situation, say it's not me, and hand it up, they get you know sort of a bonus credit for that. So don't waste their time or yours trying to, to fix that issue. Um, yeah. So... You know, make sure you you get to somebody who finally understands what you're talking about. If you're having a, a motherboard error E7905 on your Dell, whatever, make sure you get to the guy who knows what that means <laughs> and keep talking until you do. And and it's I, I see too many people just settle for the runaround when you don't have to. Um, if you ask right. for the, if you ask for the right people, you will generally get them and they're happy to, to let you get them. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and then once you get there, get to the point, uh, particularly if there's a disagreement, this works for me a lot. All right. Boil it down to the very, the, the Occam's razor, everything, uh, hinges on this one point and hammer them with that one point. Like, uh, yeah. That that usually doesn't actually work for you. <laughs> oh no, it always works. It does, uh, <laughs> particularly if you make sure they understand it's a monetary thing. Like for example, uh, just this last week, uh, we had a a server. Uh, actually, we mentioned it on a show a while back. The server that took a swim and lived, well, it died. Um, right. I, I replaced the motherboard, and then other components started. Failing. Finally, I just gave up. So I bought my own server. To replace it, I cloned the drive with the software, with the proprietary software on it. I put the clone drive in, and um, it didn't work. So I called the company tech support, and they messed with it for a little bit and said, oh, this is different hardware. You have to pay a $500 maintenance agreement fee before we can activate it on new hardware. So I went back and forth with a couple people, and finally I wrote an email, and I sent it to uh, the uh, there's two companies involved the company the vendor and the actual manufacturer I sent the email to both owners of those companies and to my boss and said all right let me get this straight this you know I'm generally not one to complain about things because I know that you know people have to make money but this right. is extortion and there's no other way to put this you're charging me a five hundred dollar tax because of the reality that all hardware fails. All I want to do is put the software that I already bought on a server that I already bought, and you're telling me this can't happen. Now, I, if you want make me pay this fee, may, let me be clear, I will pay it. But it will also be the last dime that I ever spend with either of these two companies. 
So that's what I'm talking about. We're boiling things down to the to the simplest point. I got emails back from both owners of both companies saying, uh, we'll get right on that. And by the end of the day, they had it resolved. And it, it's, you know, it's a ridiculous policy. And once you put it in the right terms, they see that it's a ridic- ridiculous policy. Yeah. And, you know, you see that a lot out there where uh, these companies will make policies, you know, they'll make policies uh, thinking of one specific situation and not quite understanding uh, how it might impact a different situation, you know, or all the all the variables that can come into play. So sometimes you do. You have to look at that situation and think, okay, if I can just spell it out to these guys that they're going to end up losing money in this situation. If you can make your argument in that light. That's usually the argument that's going to work. Uh, Right. And it's, I understand, again, the policy made sense, right? You can't move this to different hardware. In other words, they don't want me cloning disks and putting this proprietary software on different things. But, you know, I had a dead box. I would have been happy, happy to mail them the dead components and say, look, here is the beast. Take it back. Uh, But, you know, you got to get somebody who can understand and make, um, an intelligent call. The level one guy is not allowed to be intelligent. That's not his job. <laughs> and sometimes you have to go through the level two, three, four, five, and six guy to get somebody who's allowed to be intelligent and never yell at the level one guy. It doesn't do any good. I mean, I've done that. I have berated people in a way that no human should be treated. You know, I've gone <laughs> drill sergeant on people before and it doesn't, didn't do any good. Right. It just made them feel bad and, and really didn't make me feel any better. Uh, so, I can att- I can attest to that. You know, <laughs> listening to Mark get mad at a vendor is is a special kind of treat. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, fun to listen to. Although it's it's also funny because you know a lot of times I was there in the same vicinity, and uh, it's entertaining watching you as well. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't. I, that was actually another point. Um, in that I was going to get to in all your dealings, be polite, but also know when to yell, knowing when to yell is important because sometimes you have to do it, but you can still yell and be polite because if you just, if you just get abusive and loud and mean, they're going to hang up on you. Nobody wants to put up with that. Would you? Of course not that, you know, it's the whole, you get more flies with honey thing. Yeah. And that's usually more of, you know, my approach. And actually, you know, Mark, I always thought it was kind of good because, you know, we were kind of like the good cop, bad cop. And, and that's not a bad thing to have. You can actually work that angle with vendors. So, uh, and usually it's best if the boss is the, is the bad cop, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so if the, if the, if the higher up decision maker is the, is the bad guy and he kind of comes in and says, Nope, I don't like what I'm hearing. You know, you, you're not giving me what I want. Uh, I'm done with you. And then you get the guy right up underneath him that can come in and be like, Hey, look, you know, I can talk with them and kind of, you can sort of work it a little bit. And, and at that point they realize they're on their last string and you are their last hope that maybe you're the inside guy that can, you know, turn things around. Uh, and so sometimes you can, you know, you can accomplish some things that way too, but you got to be a little tricky with it. And, uh, I I know what some people listening to this might say is, well, if I have to go through all that, why do I want to deal with this company? But, uh, that's just, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, sometimes there are products out there that you really do need, and that is the best one available. 
And uh, it's just a matter of, uh, like you said, Mark, you know, you might be dealing with tech support or something else. I mean, uh, you know, it's not always going to be a rosy situation. And you certainly can't just sit back and expect things to fall into place. I mean, you got to work it from your end, too. Yeah. And, and above all else, I, I hope I, I shouldn't even have to say this, but I'm going to anyway. Be honest. Right. Sometimes it's easier to make things seem worse than they are. But that doesn't do any good. Like, uh, for example, Sean and I were, before he left me, before he went off and left me high and dry, uh, <laughs> we were negotiating a product, uh, a contract I, for a product that we wanted to, to purchase. And he was sort of doing the, the legwork. He, he demoed the thing, said, this is great. And I'm like, you know, I trust you if you like it. Uh, we'll buy it if we can afford it. And so then it's like, okay, here's the number. This is what we can afford. I'm not BSing you. I can't go one dime higher than this, but I'm willing to spend every bit of this, and that's it. And so you take that to the people, and they either accept it or they don't. Don't play the game. It doesn't serve any purpose to do that. Just just come up with an honest number and say, this is what I can afford. You can either accept it or you can't. Turned out they couldn't. Yeah, and you know, in that particular situation, and the marketing guy was really good, and I don't know if it's because uh, I was he was in the U.K., and uh, I, I don't know if it's because maybe they do things slightly differently there, but he was very honest with me as well. And, uh, you know, while I, you know, I can see that these software companies are probably feeling a, quite a crunch right now because nobody's buying. Um, and, and so, you know, they were in a situation where they couldn't quite come down to to match where we needed to be. And, uh, you know, so it was honesty on both sides and it was, Hey, look, this is all we can pay. And, and then on their side, it was like, well, we can't quite take that. And they tried to, you know, come up with a, they were very flexible and tried to come up with a way for us to like amortize the cost of that over three or four years or something like that. Um, which I appreciated, you know, them trying to do that. Um, but in the end, and as nice as the guy was, and as much of a rapport uh, we built up over several weeks, um, and as much as I'm sure I'd love to go out and have a beer with the guy, uh, in the end, we had to just say, you know what, we, we just can't do business. And I think that's something you have to always be prepared for. Don't get sucked in, uh, you know, because you like the guy or even worse, you know, in marketing, uh, one of the biggest tricks that they love to pull is they'll hire uh you know, the best looking woman in a 50 block radius and that's their marketing rep. And, uh, and she'll flirt and batter eyes at you and everything else. And you might enjoy that whole process of dealing with the marketing person, but it, you have to always be ready to walk away from a deal. Absolutely. And where that gets frustrating is if it's a product you've already bought, that's on the, the post sale support end. Like what yeah. I'm dealing with, with this POS system, They've already got all the money they're going to get from us. It's it's not a renewal thing. We already paid the money, and they don't really care whether we're happy or not at this point. Uh, the, the worst case scenario, they lose a referral. So then it gets really tricky, and that's when you have to uh, to come up with different ways of expressing your point. And you can't say, you know, I'm going to walk away. It doesn't work. They don't care if you walk away. Right particularly if you already spent your whole budget on that and you literally can't walk away you can't move to anything else. Well, I think that's uh, what's in a way. And I think a lot of people out there may or may not utilize this effectively. I know there are people that do, but uh, that's part of what I love about the social networks now. 
uh, and particularly with regard to this, uh, Twitter and now Google Plus is, is being a player in that as well. Uh, they tend to have more business-centric crowds. And if you start tearing them up on those uh, social networks, uh, sometimes you'll actually get a response. So I would say, you know, keep that in your arsenal. Uh, and that's a good reason to build up a network, you know, build up a list of followers and things like that. Because the louder or, you know, the more followers you have, the louder your voice, essentially. And uh, uh, so just something else to keep in mind. If you're sitting there and saying, ah, I don't do Twitter because, you know, I don't see the point in it or whatever. Well, here's a point. Um, if you deal with the vendors, if you can build up a large enough crowd, when you complain about those vendors and most of them nowadays are smart enough to be uh, running searches out there for, for their names, um, you know, you might get a response that way. And I've seen it happen a couple of times. Yeah, I, I'm out of tips. You got anything else? This is like the shortest show we've ever done. But <laughs> I know. I don't have anything else. No, that was that was pretty good. You know, just uh, I guess uh, we have to wrap it up with you know just be vigilant. You know, don't uh, uh, don't just buy a product and sit back and when it doesn't work, you're just kind of like, uh, oh well. You know, I mean, make these people earn their money, um, make them earn the sale on the front side, and make them follow through. Um, and, and one, one thing I've never lost sight of, I've been doing this uh, 15 years now, is particularly if you're the decision maker, but even if you're not, if you're the guy recommending things to you, the decision maker, you need to keep in mind the fact that every penny you spend is not your money. And I take that very seriously. I'm spending other people's money. I have been entrusted with that responsibility. And I'm going to treat it uh, as sacrosanct. That's that's holy to me. That it's the fact that I'm spending somebody else's money. I'm going to get the best bang for the buck. I'm going to do the most I can with that money because you know it's somebody else's and they entrusted it to me. I might be a little more loose with my own money. Maybe maybe it's better to think of it as your own money. I don't know. It depends on how you think. But I kind of right. I really think of it as a very important thing to realize that. Uh, hundreds, thousands, depending on how big your uh, public school district is, in public school, of course, um, uh, it's it's important to realize that you're spending public funds and you hope that somebody else somewhere down the line is going to be as vigilant about spending your money, your tax money, you know? Well, and not only that, but I mean, it kind of gets at the whole reason for why we started the show, but, you know, not only that, but that money, every dollar of that money that's wasted, uh, particularly on a vendor, is a dollar that could have gone to serve students better. And, you know, I would hope that everybody that does, uh, you know, is in our line of work, uh, thinks about the, their job that way every day. You know, everything I do has an impact on the student in the classroom, the teacher in the classroom. And, uh, and so, you know, if you're wasting dollars on these vendors, you're letting them get away with something, you know, getting away with uh, lower quality of service than what they promised you and things like that, then you're not doing your job. Absolutely. Or worse yet, you're uh, guilty of malpractice. You know, you're doing your job badly. Right. I, right. And I think that's what started this whole Taiwan tech thing, right? Was the, the idea that, that we've got to do the most we can with what we've got. And, and that 
ties into everything you do in negotiating contracts and, and getting um, replacement parts promptly. You know, I, I hate it when somebody makes me pay shipping when their product broke. You know, that's definitely right. that's definitely a point you can argue with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, be vigilant out there, listeners. Yeah, so just to sum up, I, I think the the last point is best. Be polite, but know when to yell. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That sounds good. Okay, and so we'll move right on to the tips of the week. And this one is one that is both cool and potentially frustrating. Um, it's I've, I don't remember. It sounds where scary to me. <laughs> but yeah. Go ahead. And- it's called Just Beam It. And it's social, uh, uh, excuse me, it's peer-to-peer networking like uh, FileZilla or Kazaa or BearShare or Napster or those things, or Skype. We're on a peer-to-peer network right now, Sean. It's peer-to-peer yeah. networking for file sharing. It's not like um, some of the others that we've talked about before, um, like files or, or send large files to me right away dot net or whatever. Um <laughs> It's called JustBeamIt.com, and what happens is you you go to JustBeamIt and you initiate a file transfer. They give you a code or a URL. There's a couple ways to go about it that you send to somebody else. That somebody else goes to JustBeamIt.com and says that I'm here to receive a file, and then JustBeamIt negotiates the con- the connection between the two of you and then gets out of the way. So if I want to send Sean the file, my computer is sending Sean's computer a file. It's not sending it to someplace and then he's downloading it. It's going directly to computer to computer, which is great because there's not any of those stupid file size restrictions and they're not going to artificially choke your bandwidth and make you watch ads while you take extra time to download it. It's not anything like that. It's not like rapid share or any of those things where you have to pay to get an extra speed boost. It's your computer sending to his computer at the maximum speed that you can upload and he can download. But because it's a peer-to-peer connection, if you're both behind really strict firewalls, the odds are it's not going to work. So, it, you know, in your school, there's a good chance this isn't going to work at all. But at home, it may or may not. I just think it's a cool service. It's a great idea, I think. Because you're not, you're, there's no passwords involved. There's none of that sort of stuff. It's a peer-to-peer connection where um, you two people who want to share a file are sharing a file with no intermediary. They just set up the connection. In the same way Skype works. When you call Skype, they set up the connection. Then it becomes a peer-to-peer connection, and they get out of the way. Yeah, what's good about that is, uh, yeah, I mean, you know who you're dealing with. So, you know, because if anybody out there, you know, vaguely knows what peer-to-peer is, they kind of think of it as a bad thing, right? Because... Uh, you know, so many P2P networks out there. Uh, it's, you know, uh, how illegal music was shared. Right. And, and then so much of that had viruses in it and everything else. And so uh, I know for me, peer to peer very early on became synonymous with, uh, something you didn't want to do. Right. But, uh, but this, this does get at the fact that there is another side to that coin and uh you know if you know who you're dealing with uh then you're okay so right yeah pretty cool i like it i think it's a good idea um i i I haven't tried it yet so anybody out there wants to send me a file uh (laughs) we can try that i think it'll be interesting to see if it works 
I may give it a try. I've got a I've got a file that I need to be sending you. I guess, uh, well, probably really tonight, but it probably won't be till tomorrow. But <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll give it a try and see uh, see how it goes. All right. And what have you got for our teacher tip of the week? I have a pretty cool one, and you know uh, this. I can only imagine. Uh, first, I'll just say it's Mister Anchor tests. So uh, Anchor is spelled A-N-K-E-R, if you're wanting to Google that. Uh, But uh, it's uh, the site itself is www.henryanchor.com. And I can only imagine this is a teacher. Uh, I didn't really do a whole lot of homework on who Henry Anchor is. But uh, the site itself is pretty cool. It's very basic. And I I just imagine that he learned HTML like 10 years ago and designed the site and has never changed it. It's never gone since. It does look like that. Right. And as so many of these sites do, but you know, I got to give, I got to give them credit. You know, uh, I'm sure this guy is a, is a classroom teacher, uh, has probably, uh, you know, always had that busy schedule that teachers do have. And, and he's probably doing this late at night, uh, at home, you know, as he watches TV or whatever. So, uh, I, I've got nothing respect, but respect for that. Um, and I'm sure he's not interested in learning the latest, uh, web standards or anything like that. But, uh, the site is basically just a repository that he built up over time of, different tests and uh, it goes from kindergarten through seventh grade and he's uh, he's got tests that are across all kinds of different disciplines so uh, math uh, in you know all of the mathematical uh, specialties that go across those grade levels so everything from uh, you know basic addition subtraction to uh, algebra and functions and things like that uh, language arts, reading, keyboarding, geography. Uh, you got to go check it out. It's really cool. He's got a ton of little drop down boxes so you can kind of specialize what you're looking for. And uh, he's got all these tests on there and you can pull them down. So if you're looking, you know, to put a test together for something and uh, you, maybe you're looking for some uh, some new questions or maybe you're just looking to shortcut and just pull a pull a test out and add it to your arsenal. Uh, go go check it out. Uh, I think it's also kind of cool that he has some uh, ASL, so uh, American Sign Language tests, and uh, also uh, some tests on chess moves, which I thought was pretty cool. So, you know, yeah. I, I've never, I have played chess uh, as a kid. I've never been really serious about it. But these guys who can say to each other, you know, uh, queen to pawns, bishop seven, or whatever. I, I, I doubt that probably doesn't even exist and know what that means. That, that always impresses me that they have the positions of the board in their mind and they can play the game without even needing the board. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, you know, it's funny cause you know, they always, they have that section in the newspaper of chess moves too. And you look at it and it's so cryptic. And I was always jealous cause I knew I've known how to play chess since I was, uh, pretty young uh and have always enjoyed the game but looking at that little cryptic you know chess moves in the newspaper always made me jealous because i knew there was just a level of the game that i was missing and uh just never chose to pursue (laughs) so all right so that's it um henryanchor.com and we'll have a link to that of course in the show notes as always so check it out if you're looking to uh maybe uh, spice up your test life did I just say that? 
I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> that sounds like a Dear Abby article, how to spice right. up your test life. Right. <laughs> so I, I promise you that uh, we do have real actual topics uh, in the future and, and guests and all that sort of good stuff that you've come to know, and they won't all just be uh, Sean and me sitting around complaining about tech support calls. Uh, but if you have an idea, um, a suggestion for a show topic, we would love to hear it. And the way you can contact us is at elementop.com. That's our website, the home of our forums, the uh, the the home of all things Element OP, and of which Tightwad Tech is one. We have other podcasts there. We are working on, in the uh, first month of, of November, starting a, uh, a new show. We're launching a sixth show on the Element OP network. We'll be telling you more about that as time goes on. But I hope you'll uh, check it out there. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, just type in Element OP. You'll find us. And, yeah. uh, of course, you can give us a call. Uh, we haven't had a voicemail in a very long time. We are soliciting. We are pleading for your voicemail. I don't care if you call up and order a pizza. We will play it on the show because we're that desperate. <laughs> and that number is 559-IAM-OP. And uh, so call that, leave us a voicemail, or you can do it right there from our website. There is a newly renamed Leave Us a Voicemail widget because the Call Us widget was just confusing people because you're right. not actually calling. They actually call, Google calls you. But now you can leave us a voicemail, enter your phone number, Google Voice will call you. You can leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. Awesome. What else, Sean? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I want to jump in here and say uh, – uh, we're still begging for uh, our next listener spotlight too, so yeah. I haven't thrown that out there this show. But you know, we haven't had one in forever, and uh, we—it uh, seemed like I couldn't, you know, I didn't even have to mention it before when we were really doing a string of them. It was just one after another, and I was getting people left and right. And then we stopped doing them, and I, you know, I don't know what happened. The well just kind of dried up, so. Uh, if you're out there, you're listening, you've always thought, well, maybe you would do it. Uh, drop me a, drop me an email. Uh, uh that's, uh, Sean at elementop.com. You can email me or get on the forums. I've, uh, listed a forum post there for casting call of, uh, listener spotlights. Uh, there's something out there that you're doing that is tight water approved and we want to hear about it because there's so many different ways. I mean, you, you know, if you, uh, if you've moved around at all, you know that uh, every network is different. Every environment is different. I'm finding that out as I as I've moved into a different environment now. Uh, but there's always room for tight waterproof stuff, and uh, we want to hear what you're doing and uh, how you're stretching that educational dollar. So uh, contact me. We'll get you on as a listener spotlight and uh, share your knowledge with the world. And I'll go one step farther and say. Uh, you don't have to be a tightwad in a school if you've got a business that you want to flog. Uh, you know, as long as it's appropriate to the show, uh, to our audience, uh, you're welcome to come on here. Maybe you do consulting for small schools and and you have uh, innovative ways of doing things, and you want to tell us about it. Uh, we we will be your platform here in in just that same way, as long as it's you know again like I said germane to the audience and and it's not a blatant sales pitch. Well, actually maybe it'd be, be okay. I mean we've had we've had people <laughs> come on here and give blatant sales pitches before. You know we've had Asterisk right. and CDI and Skype and uh, they were they were nothing more than sales pitches. So um, again, you don't necessarily have to be a guy who works in a school to be part of our listener spotlight. The idea is that you are a listener to the show. 
and therefore eligible for a listener spotlight. You know, there was a, 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 a Mark, I think you'll remember this guy. He was on another show and he mentioned our show on that show. And I think he was just kind of a roving tech support person, you know, computer repair guy or something. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from somebody like that. Cause one, I just love to hear like, you know, what is it like really work? You know, that being your primary job. Uh, you know, I, I wonder what that is like. Um, and, and two, you know, just some of the tightwad stuff that somebody like that has to do. I mean, you're running your own computer repair business. You obviously have to, you probably, you know, operate with thin margins and everything else. And you've got to save every penny that you can. Uh, I'd love to hear from somebody like that. Oh, also a quick shout out to Darren Murphy. Uh, in I believe he's in the UK. Uh, Australian uh, podcaster uh, podcasters, the Ed Tech crew, have a, uh, a weekly show, and they were soliciting uh, their audience for their favorite podcasts, and he called them up and said that one of his favorite podcasts is the Taiwan Tech. So thanks for the shout-out, Darren. Uh, we appreciate you listening and, and letting the world know about us. Nice. Nice. You didn't tell me about that. Well, I just did. Not yeah. Now. Okay. <laughs> And so right. I think that will uh, wrap up the show. Uh, Sean, what, what do you think about this show? Uh, yeah, I'll give it my great seal of approval. <laughs> great show. I think your standards are lowering, frankly. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I'm going to rescue Sean and say, this is Mark signing off. <laughs> Sean signing off. <laughs>